Words of Scripture we're going to consider in the next few minutes are taken from Matthew chapter 28, verses 5 through 8. But the angel said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who is crucified. He is not here, for he has risen. As he said, Come, as he said, Come, see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead. And behold, he is going before you to Galilee, and there you will see him. Lo, I have told you. That's our text. In the name of Jesus, amen. Let's for a moment go back to the story of Job. Remember, Job was a blameless man, upright a man whose heart was devoted to the Lord. He was a wealthy man. He was a great family man, and God had blessed him in so many ways. But the day came when all of that was suddenly gone, and disaster after disaster wiped out everything that he had accumulated, and most of all, it just destroyed his whole family, so that he was left with nothing after having had all. Then he went to a funeral, and at that funeral, of course, there were ten caskets, and in those ten caskets were his ten children, seven sons and three daughters. Then after that, remember how he was afflicted with some kind of disease, his body covered with sores, terrible pain, of course, and I would say, suppose that today if he were alive, he would be in ICU probably for a long time. His friends came by, though, and his friends came to, so to speak, comfort him, but they also came to really accuse him and try to get him to be honest with God. Because, you see, it was their opinion that if you suffered greatly, that was a sign that you had also sinned greatly. And putting those two things together, they were quite convinced that Job had done something terrible that he should bring out to the Lord and deal with this whole thing in this way. Well, they challenged his faith, and he doubted, became even, uh, began to doubt and wonder himself for a while. His wife, also gave up hope, and she said to him, why don't you curse God and die? Well, it was in the midst of all of this, this, uh, when his faith was questioned, and his hope challenged, and his heart broken, and his body racked with pain, and he was tempted by doubt, and he was facing death. It was in the midst of all of this that he asked this question, if a man dies, will he live again? Can we hope for something better, something more? after this life. Job knew the answer to his own question, and so for a a short time later he said, I know that my Redeemer lives, and that at the last day he will stand upon this earth. And even though my body is um, destroyed by worms, yet in my flesh I shall see God, whom I shall see for myself, and my eyes shall behold, and not another. There are many, though, who do not know the answer to this question. If a man dies, shall he live again? The world's best minds have not been able to come up with an answer to that. 400 years before Jesus was born, a Greek philosopher by the name of Socrates was on his deathbed. There, because he had taken hemlock poison, that was part of uh, the state's process of executing him, supposedly for misleading youth. Anyway, while he was dying, he was surrounded by his friends, and one of those friends came up to him toward the end and whispered in his ear, Master, shall we live again? Socrates, drawing on wisdom that had 
accumulator gleaned through his philosophical debate through the years replied, I hope so, but no man knows. We are here this morning because there is an answer to that question. That answer came some 2,000 years ago on a morning, a Sunday morning, when angels appeared, angels who had been here before, of course, to announce his birth, came back again. My goodness. They, the answer what came from that angel in these words, he's not here, he is risen. It's Easter. Jesus Christ is alive, Jesus Christ is Savior, he is risen, and because he lives, you and I also will live. And that's the message of this morning. Shall we live again? If a man dies, can he hope for something more, something better? And the answer to that on this morning is yes, indeed, because Christ is risen. What a marvelous story it is. Of course, we've heard it often. It's like the Christmas story, though. Every time you hear it, it is inspiring and it uplifts us and it it just uh, speaks to our hearts and speaks to our minds and, and we love to hear it over and over again. So let me once again recount it. You've heard it read just a moment ago in the Gospel lesson, but just let's listen to it once again. Remember that on Friday afternoon, uh, Jesus' friends had taken his body down from the cross and they had taken it to a nearby tomb. And there be, they had begun to prepare it uh, for proper burial. Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, of course, had bought spices and bought strips of clothing, or strips of cloth, and the ladies then wrapped his body with those strips of cloth and, and put the spices and the ointments in between the folds of the cloth, and they were working hard to get that body prepared for proper burial. But the time ran out because it was late afternoon, and the Sabbath was now approaching, sundown, of course, and they'd have to get back to town before it started, and so they headed back to town. And on the way back, they talked about how they would uh, finish embalming that body on uh, Sunday morning. They got back to town, and you can imagine that night, not many of them slept very well. That all through the night, they were thinking of those ugly scenes from Friday, that terrible death upon the cross. And you can imagine, too, Saturday, what a day that must have been, as they talked about their hopes and their dreams and talked about him and, and, and the miracles that he had performed and, and the lessons that he had taught. And as they talked about all of that, they were quite convinced it was all over. And they were people of broken hearts. And uh, they were quite sure that, that dead men stay dead. And that Saturday night, you can imagine the same thing, not much sleep, as they tossed and, and, and tumbled and tossed and, and turned, you see thinking about all of those things. And so they were early up, they were early up the next morning, that, that Sunday morning, on their way out to the tomb. And on the way, they began to wonder, how are we going to draw that, uh, get that stone away? Three ladies on their way out to finish their work. And they're wondering how they're going to get that stone rolled away. But they keep going, knowing that somehow they'll be able to do it. And they get within seeing distance of that tomb, and, and they're looking through the mist of the morning and, and they see that the stone is rolled away and one of those just right away assumes that someone has broken into the tomb and they've stolen the body and undoubtedly they're now desecrating that body and her heart is broken and she turns around immediately and runs back to the town into the city to tell the disciples this bad news. The other two though go on up to the tomb 
And as they get closer, they, they walk more slowly because they're very cautious. It's, uh, it's uh, kind of eerie. There's a strange kind of silence and, and it just, uh, there's something different about this whole scene. And all of a sudden, on the, on the stone that had been rolled away, there is an angel and the Bible says his appearance was like lightning and his raiment was white as snow. And of course, they were scared to death, those ladies were, and his words were, to, their, his first words were, don't be afraid, don't be afraid. And then what a message he brought, listen, I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He's not here. He's risen, like he said he was going to. Come, see the place where he lay. And then go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. What a message it was, huh? He is not here. He is risen. And then the angel showed them the tomb. And there's the grave clothes all neatly arranged. It's quite evidence that that body has not been stolen. And there's the cloth that was over his head, and it's over there. And as they looked, it was quite apparent that, like I said, the body had not been stolen. It, was, it looked like the body had simply raised out of those wrappings. No body. And not only was he alive, he is alive. That's the point we want to make this morning. Not only was he alive, he is, is, he is alive. And that's why we are gathered here this morning. That's why you at home are gathered and watching and listening to this great story, this great message once again. He is risen. And we also hear those words of the angel spoken to us. The angel says to you and to me, don't be afraid. He is risen. Don't be afraid, first of all, of death. Because there is life on the other side. And don't be afraid of life either. Because there's lots of people who are afraid of life. But don't be af afraid of life either because he is with you. That's the point. He is with you. Don't be afraid of tomorrow, even in this time of crisis, because he is with you and he's going to protect you and he's going to watch over you and he's going to take care of you. And don't be afraid of growing old because he promises to be with you even when you have white hair. Just don't be afraid. He is risen and he is there for you. Will Hill is brought out in a song as Jeremy is going to sing in a few moments. Because he lives. But listen to these words again. Because he lives, you can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fear is gone. Because I know he holds the future, and life is worth the living just because he lives. So Jesus is alive, and that means that we can live life without fear. Secondly, he's alive, and that means that we can live life without doubt, without doubt. He's alive, and that means that we can trust every word that he has ever spoken. We can trust every promise that he ever give, gave. Right from the beginning of his ministry, of course, he said this was going to be so. Listen to his words. Destroy this temple, he said. He said this at the beginning of his ministry. Destroy this temple. And he was talking about his body. And I will raise it again in 
three days. Now his enemies knew those words. They had heard him say that, and that's why they went to Pilate to put a guard around that tomb because they said, you know what's going to happen? His disciples are going to break into that tomb and they're going to steal the body and they're going to put out this news that he has risen and it's going to be worse than it was before. So they knew that he had said this. They just did not believe it. Did not believe it. But he didn't raise. He came out of that grave, that tomb, alive. And because he did, we know, like I said, that every word that he has spoken is true. So that when he says to us that we too are going to rise one day from the grave, we know that that is so. When he says to us, through me who died on the cross for you, your sins are forgiven, we know that is true. We know that the sacrifice that he made for us indeed has freed us from sin, death, and the devil. We know too that when he says that we have a Father in heaven who wants to hear us speak to him, wants us to come to him in prayer, and will hear and answer our prayers, we know that is true. When he says, I am the way and the truth and the life, we know that is truth and that he indeed is the only way to eternal life and to heaven. And when he says, I am the bread of life and the water of life and the good shepherd, all of those things, the resurrection and life, we know those words are true. Why do you believe the words of Jesus? Because he is risen. And those, and those three words back up and guarantee every other word that he ever spoke. And so, not only because he is alive do we not have to fear, we also do not have to doubt. And thirdly, we do not have to be afraid of death because he is alive. We don't have to be afraid of death. death. That's his greatest promise, one of his greatest promises that Jesus ever made. That's when he said that he was going to defeat death and he was going to conquer the grave. And that he came out of that tomb alive is evidence, is proof of that. But that word is absolutely reliable. I can trust that word. Remember what he said to Martha on the road outside of Bethany. Remember Lazarus had died and Martha's heart was broken. He, she had expected Jesus to come there sooner and perhaps heal her brother Lazarus, but uh, Jesus uh, stalled in his going in order that he said God might be glorified. And finally, when he went there outside of Bethany, uh, she hears that he's coming. Martha comes out to meet him. And uh, again, Jesus picks up right away. This is a lady whose heart is hurting. And he said to her, uh, Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. Martha, he who believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. Whoever lives and believes in me will never die. What gives substance to those words are the words, he is risen. That we know that what he said to Martha was absolutely true because he is risen. In the upper room after the resurrection, he met with the disciples, of course, several times. But he said to them on one occasion, because I live, you shall live also. Now just think of those words. What wonderful, beautiful words of those. Those are, because I live, you shall live also. That the enemy, the old enemy, death has been defeated. And then on the night before he died, remember this, in the upper room, his disciples are afraid. They don't know exactly what's going to happen. Their hearts also are breaking. 
And he says to them, don't be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. And then these words, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, you may be also. Beautiful, beautiful words, aren't they? What a beautiful, beautiful promise that our Savior who took away our sin conquered death for us. And he assures us that life in him never ends. Never ends. And in Jesus Christ, there is life eternal. And that life eternal is a life of bliss and happiness. That at the cross and through the empty tomb, there is triumph. Job's question, if a man dies, will he rise again? And once again, Easter says, yes, indeed he will. And finally, because Jesus lives, we can live alive now in Christ. What a great confidence this gives us, his resurrection. He's really alive. That means that when we who are here right now leave here this morning, our Lord Christ goes with us. That means that all of you who are at home watching right now, means that Christ Jesus is with you. It means that when you go back to work tomorrow, he is with you and will go with you. It means that if you are right now experiencing grief because you have lost a loved one, he is with you. He is risen. He is risen. And that means he's going to provide for you and take care of your needs. He is risen. And that means he's going to guide you as you make tough decisions. He is risen. And that means that when, you are heart, when your heart is hurting with guilt, he is going to speak his word of forgiveness to you. He is risen. And that means he's going to inspire you in your living. He is risen. And that means that when you stand outside the empty tomb and you think back to Calvary and all that he went through to take away your sin. Now here's the evidence that it has been taken away. And he is Savior and heaven is your home. Once you realize all of this, what a great and wonderful Savior you have, what a great and wonderful Lord you have, once you realize all of that, know that in the depth of your heart, that's going to change your life. That is going to change your life. And that's going to bring you to the point where you want to live for Him and where you, where you want to serve Him and where you want to praise Him and where you want to worship Him and where you want to witness for Him because this is the greatest good news that this world has ever heard and you want the whole world to know it. And so you want to witness and you want to tell your friends and you want to tell your relatives and you want to tell your family and you want everyone that you know to know this, and you want everyone in the world to know this, and that's what inspires you to work for the Lord and serve the Lord, and do everything you can to get this good news out into the world. If a man dies, will he live again? Yes, through Jesus Christ. My friends, if there are any 
listening to me right now, who have not given their hearts to Jesus Christ, are not looking to him as Savior, Lord. Let me urge you, let me encourage you, let me, let me just do everything I can to get you today to bring Jesus Christ into your heart, to receive him into your heart, and confess him as your Savior and your Lord. And why? Because he wants to live in your heart, and he wants you to live with him forever. So if a man dies, will he live again? Yes, yes, yes. That's what Easter says to us. Amen.